Bible in a Year, week three, starting at day 15, uh, covering Genesis 19, 30 to 38 to begin. And then because it's chronological, we jump in and out of both Genesis and First Chronicles. So Genesis 19, 30 to 38. Lot departed from Zoar and lived in the mountains along with his two daughters because he was afraid to live in Zoar. Instead, he and his two daughters lived in a cave. Then the firstborn said to the younger, Our father is old and there is no man in the land to sleep with us as is the custom of the land. Come, let's get our father to drink wine so that we can sleep with him and preserve our father's line. So they got their father to drink wine that night and the firstborn came and slept with her father. He did not know when she lay down or when she got up. The next day the firstborn said to the younger, Look, I slept with my father last night. Let's get him to drink wine again tonight so you can go and sleep with him and we can preserve our father's line. That night they again got their father to drink wine and the younger went and slept with him. He did not know when she lay down or when she got up. So both of Lot's daughters became pregnant by their father. The firstborn gave birth to a son and named him Moab. He is the father of the Moabites of today. The younger also gave birth to a son and she named him ben He is the father of the Ammonites of today. In Genesis 21, 1-7 The Lord came to Sarah as he had said and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. Sarah became pregnant and bore a son to Abraham in his old age at the appointed time God had told him. Abraham named his son who was born to him the one Sarah bore to him, Isaac. When his son Isaac was eight days old, Abraham circumcised him as God had commanded him. Abraham was a hundred years old when his son Isaac was born to him. Sarah said, God has made me laugh, and everyone who hears will laugh with me. She also said, Who would have told Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age? And then chronologically we jump to First Chronicles one thirty four. Abraham fathered Isaac, Isaac's sons Esau and Israel. And then back into Genesis 21, uh, through 8 to 21. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham held a great feast on the day Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son mocking, the one Hagar the Egyptian had borne to Abraham. So she said to Abraham, Drive out this slave with her son, for the son of this slave will not be a co-heir with my son Isaac. Now this was a very difficult thing for Abraham because of his son. But God said to Abraham, Do not be concerned about the boy and your slave. Whatever Sarah says to you, listen to her, because your offspring will be traced through Isaac. But I will also make a nation of the slave's son, because he is your offspring. Early in the morning Abraham got up, took bread and a water skin, put them on Hagar's shoulders and sent her and the boy away. She left and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water and the skin was gone, she left the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went and she sat down nearby, about a bowshot away, for she said, I can't bear to watch the boy die. So she sat nearby and wept loudly. God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What's wrong, Hagar? Don't be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy from the place where he is. Get up, help the boy up, and sustain him, for I will make him a great nation. Then God opened her eyes and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the water skin and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy and he grew. He settled in the wilderness and became an archer. He settled in the wilderness of Paran and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. And then in Genesis eleven fifteen, after he fathered Eber, Shelah lived 403 years and fathered other sons and daughters. And then back in Genesis 25, 12 to 16, Ishmael's children 
These are the family records of Abraham's son Ishmael, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's slave, bore to Abraham. These are the names of Ishmael's sons. Their names, according to the family records, are Nabaioth, Ishmael's firstborn, then Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedama. These are Ishmael's sons, and these are their names by their villages and encampments, twelve leaders of their clans. And also chronologically, we go into First Chronicles 1, 29-31. These are their family records, Nebaioth, Ishmael's firstborn, Gedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedema. These were Ishmael's sons. Then we go back into Genesis 21, uh, verse 22, and read right through to Genesis 23, 20. At that time Abimelech, with Phicol, the commander of his army, said to Abraham, God is with you in everything you do. Now swear to me here by God that you will not break an agreement with me or with my children and descendants. As I have kept faith with you, so you will keep faith with me and with the country where you are a resident alien. And Abraham said, I swear it. But Abraham complained to Abimelech because of the water well Abimelech's servants had seized. Abimelech replied, I don't know who did this thing. You didn't report anything to me, so I hadn't heard about it until today. Then Abraham took sheep and cattle and gave them to Abimelech, and the two of them made a covenant. But Abraham had set apart seven ewe lambs from the flock. And Abimelech said to Abraham, Why have you set apart these seven ewe lambs? He replied, You are to accept the seven ewe lambs from my hand, so that this will act and serve as a witness that I dug this well. Therefore that place was called Beersheba, because it was there that the two of them swore an oath. After they had made a covenant at Beersheba, Abimelech and Phicol, the commander of his army, left and returned to the land of the Philistines. Abraham planted a tamarisk tree in Beersheba, and there he worshipped the Lord, the everlasting God. And Abraham lived as a foreigner in the land of the Philistines for many days. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here I am, he answered. Take your son, he said, your only son Isaac, whom you love. Go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. So early in the morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey and took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac. He split wood for a burnt offering and set out to go to the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Then Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go over there to worship, and then we'll come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac. In his hand he took the fire and the sacrificial knife, and the two of them walked on together. Then Isaac spoke to his father Abraham and said, My father. And he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. When they arrived at the place that God had told him about, Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him in the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He replied, Here I am. Then he said, Do not lay a hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, since you have not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught by its horns in the thicket. 
So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in place of his son. And Abraham named that place the Lord will provide. So today it is said, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your only son, I will indeed bless you and make your offspring as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. Your offspring will possess the gates of their enemies, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring, because you have obeyed my command. Abraham went back to his young men, and they got up and went together to Beersheba, and Abraham settled in Beersheba. Now after these things Abraham was told, Milcah also has borne sons to your brother Nahor, Uz his firstborn his brother Buz, Kemul the father of Aram, Chesed, Hazo, Pildash, Jilpah, and Bethuel, and Bethuel fathered Rebekah. Milcah bore these eight to Nahor, Abraham's brother. His concubine, whose name was Remu, also bore Tebah, Gauham, Tahash, and Makah. Now Sarah lived 127 years. These were all the years of her life. Sarah died in Kerithorabah, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. Then Abraham got up from beside his dead wife and spoke to the Hittites. I am a resident alien among you. Give me a burial site among you so that I may bury my dead. The Hittites replied to Abraham, Listen to us, Lord. You are God's chosen one among us. Bury your dead in our finest burial place. None of us will withhold from you his burial place for burying your dead. Then Abraham rose and bowed down to the Hittites, the people of the land. He said to them, If you are willing for me to bury my dead, listen to me and ask Ephron, son of Zohar, on my behalf to give me the cave of Machpelah that belongs to him. It is in the end of his field. Let him give it to me in your presence for the full price as a burial place. Ephron was present with the Hittites, so in the presence of all the Hittites who came to the gate of his city, Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham, No, my lord, listen to me. I give you the field and I give you the cave that is in it. I give it to you in the presence of my people. Bury your dead. Abraham bowed down to the people of the land and said to Ephron in the presence of the people of the land, Please listen to me. Let me pay the price of the field. Accept it from me and let me bury my dead there. Ephron answered Abraham and said to him, My lord, listen to me. Land worth four hundred shekels of silver? What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. Abraham agreed with Ephron, and Abraham weighed out to Ephron the silver that he had agreed to in the hearing of the Hittites, four hundred shekels of silver at the current commercial rate. So Ephron's field at Machpelah near Mamre, the field with its cave and all the trees anywhere within the boundaries of the field, became Abraham's possession in the presence of all the Hittites who came to the great gate of his city. After this, Abraham buried his wife Sarah in the cave of the field at Machpelah near Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field with its cave passed from the Hittites to Abraham as a burial place. And there we end day 16. I got confused at the end of yesterday. It wasn't the end of day 16 yesterday. It was the end of day 15 yesterday. So we're on to day 16 today, which goes from Genesis 24, verse 1 through to 25, verse 26, with a few stops again because it's chronological through First Chronicles and some of the, the wonderful ge genealogies with the, the wonderful names. But we'll start at Genesis 24, verse 1. Isaac marries Rebekah. Abraham was now old, getting on in years, and the Lord had blessed him in everything. 
Abraham said to his servant, the elder of his household who managed all he owned, Place your hand under my thigh, and I will have you swear by the Lord, God of heaven and God of earth, that you will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites among whom I live, but will go to my land and my family to take a wife for my son Isaac. The servant said to him, Suppose the woman is unwilling to follow me back to this land. Should I have your son go back to the land you came from? Abraham answered him, Make sure that you don't take my son back there. The Lord, the God of heaven, who took me from my father's house and from my native land, who spoke to me and swore to me, I will give this land to your offspring. He will send his angel before you, and you can take a wife for my son from there. If the woman is unwilling to follow you, then you are free from this oath to me, but don't let my son go back there. So the servant placed his hand under his master Abraham's thigh and swore an oath to him concerning this matter. The servant took ten of his master's camels and departed with all kinds of his master's goods in hand. Then he set out for the town of Nahor, Aramaharim. He made the camels kneel beside a well of water outside the town that evening. This was the time when the woman went out to draw water. Lord, God of my master Abraham, he prayed, grant me success today and show kindness to my master Abraham. I am standing here at the spring where the daughters of the men of the town are coming out to draw water. Let the girl to whom I say, Please lower your water jug so that I may drink, and who responds, Drink, and I'll water your camels also. Let her be the one you have appointed for your servant Isaac. By this I will know that you have shown kindness to my master. Before he had finished speaking, there was Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, the wife of Abraham's brother Nahor, coming with a jug on her shoulder. Now the girl was very beautiful, a young woman who had not known a man intimately. She went down to the spring, filled her jug, and came up. Then the servant ran to meet her and said, Please let me have a little water from your jug. She replied, Drink, my lord. She quickly lowered her jug to her hand and gave him a drink. When she had finished giving him a drink, she said, I'll also draw water for your camels until they have had enough to drink. She quickly emptied her jug into the trough and hurried to the well again to draw water. She drew water for all his camels, while the man silently watched her to see whether or not the Lord had made his journey a success. After the camels had finished drinking, the man took a gold ring weighing half a shekel, and for her wrists two bracelets weighing ten shekels of gold. Whose daughter are you? he asked. Please tell me, is there room in your father's house for us to spend the night? She answered him, I am the daughter of Bethuel, son of Milcah, whom she bore to Nahor. She also said to him, We have plenty of straw and feed and a place to spend the night. Then the man bowed down, worshipped the Lord, and said, Praise the Lord, the God of my master Abraham, who has not withheld his kindness and faithfulness from my master. As for me, the Lord has led me on a journey to the house of my master's relatives. The girl ran and told her mother's household about these things. Now Rebekah had a brother named Laban, and Laban ran out to the man at the spring. As soon as he had seen the ring and the bracelets on his sister's wrists, and when he heard his sister Rebekah's words, the man said this to me. He went to the man. He was standing there by the camels at the spring. Laban said, Come, you who are blessed by the Lord. Why are you standing out here? I have prepared the house and a place for the camels. So the man came to the house, and the camels were unloaded, Straw and feed were given to the camels, and water was brought to wash his feet and the feet of the men with him. A meal was set before him, but he said, I will not eat until I have said what I have to say. So Laban said, Speak on. I am Abraham's servant, he said. 
The Lord has greatly blessed my master, and he has become rich. He has given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female slaves and camels and donkeys. Sarah, my master's wife, bore a son to my master in her old age, and he has given him everything he owns. My master put me under this oath. You will not take a wife for my son from the daughters of the Canaanites in whose land I live, but will go to my father's household and to my family to take a wife for my son. But I said to my master, Suppose the woman will not come back with me. He said to me, The Lord before whom I have walked will send his angel with you and make your journey a success, and you will take a wife for my son from my family and from my father's household. Then you will be free from my oath if you go to my family and they do not give her to you. You will be free from my oath. Today when I came to the spring I prayed, Lord God of my master Abraham, if only you will make my journey successful. I am standing here at a spring, let the virgin who comes out to draw water, and I say to her, please let me drink a little water from your jug. And who responds to me, drink and I'll draw water for your camels also. Let her be the woman the Lord has appointed for my master's son. Before I had finished praying in my heart, there was Rebecca coming with her jug on her shoulder and she went down to the spring and drew water. So I said to her, Please let me have a drink. She quickly lowered her jug from her shoulder and said, Drink, and I'll water your camels also. So I drank, and she also watered the camels. Then I asked her, Whose daughter are you? She responded, The daughter of Bethuel, son of Nahor, who Milcah bore to him. So I put the ring on her nose and the bracelets on her wrists. Then I bowed down, worshipped the Lord, and praised the Lord, the God of my master Abraham who guided me in the right way to take the daughter of my master's brother for his son. Now, if you are going to show kindness and faithfulness to my master, tell me. If not, tell me, and I will go elsewhere. Laban and Bethuel answered, This is from the Lord. We have no choice in the matter. Rebecca is here in front of you. Take her and go, and let her be a wife for your master's son, just as the Lord has spoken. When Abraham's servant heard their words, he bowed to the ground before the Lord. Then he brought out objects of silver and gold, the garments, and gave them to Rebekah. He also gave precious gifts to her brother and her mother. Then he and the men with him ate and drank and spent the night. When they got up in the morning, he said, Send me to her ma my master. But her brother and mother said, Let the girl stay with us for about ten days, then she can go. But he responded to them, Do not delay me, since the Lord has made my journey a success. Send me away so that I may go to my master. So they said, Let's call the girl and ask her opinion. They called Rebecca and said to her, Will you go with this man? She replied, I will go. So they sent away their sister Rebecca and her nurse, and Abraham's servant and his men, gates of their enemies. They blessed Rebecca, saying to her, Our sister, may you become thousands upon ten thousands. May your offspring possess the gates of their enemies. Then Rebekah and her young woman got up, mounted the camels, and followed the man. So the servant took Rebekah and left. Now Isaac was returning from Ber Lahai Roy, for he was living in the Negev region. In the early evening, Isaac went out to walk in the field, and looking up, he saw the camels coming. Rebekah looked up, and when she saw Isaac, she got down from her camel and asked the servant, Who is this man in the field coming to meet us? The servant answered, It is my master. So she took her veil and covered herself. Then the servant told Isaac everything he had done. And Isaac brought her into the tent of his mother Sarah and took Rebekah to be his wife. Isaac loved her and he was comforted after his mother's death. 
Genesis 25:20. Isaac was 40 years old when he took as his wife Rebekah, daughter of Bethuel, the Armenian, Aramean from Padam Aram, the sister of Laban, the Aramean. Back to Genesis 25, 1-4. Now Abraham took another wife whose name was Keturah, and she bore him Zimran, Koshhan, Medan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan fathered Sheba and Dedan. Dedan's sons were the Ashurim, Letushim, and Lehemum. And Midian's sons were Ephaph, Epher, Hanok, Abedah, and Ildah. All these were the sons of Keturah. And then the first Chronicles 32-33. The sons born to, born to Keturah, Abraham's concubine. Zimram, Jokshan, Midan, Midian, Ishbak, and Shua. Jokshan's sons, Sheba and Dedan. Midian's sons, Ipa, Iper, Hanok, Abedah, and Elda. All of these were Keturah's sons. And then Genesis 25, 5-10. Abraham gave everything he owned to Isaac, and Abraham gave gifts to the sons of his concubines. But while he was still alive, he sent them eastward, away from his son Isaac to the land of the east. This is the length of Abraham's life, 175 years. He took his last breath and died at a ripe old age, old and contented, and he was gathered to his people. His son Isaac and Ishmael buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre, in the field of Ephron, son of Zohar the Hittite. This was the field that Abraham bought from the Hittites. Abraham was buried there with his wife, Sarah. In Genesis 11, verse 11, the death of Shem. After he fathered Achpashad, Shem lived 500 years and fathered other sons and daughters. And then Genesis 25, verse 11 through to 26. Stopping off from First Chronicles. After Abraham's death, God blessed his son Isaac who lived near Beer Lahai Roy. These are the family records of Abraham's sons Ishmael, whom Hagar the Egyptian, Sarah's slave, bore to Abraham. These are the names of Ishmael's sons. Their names according to the family records are Nebaoth, Ishmael's firstborn, then Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Temah, Jeter, Nafish, and Kedama. These are Ishmael's sons, and these are their names by their villages and, and encampments, twelve leaders of their clan, clans. This is the length of Ishmael's life, 137 years. He took his last breath and died, and was gathered to his people. And they settled from Havilah to Shur, which is opposite Egypt as you go towards Asher. He lived in opposition to all his brothers. Then First Chronicles 1, 28-29 Abraham's sons Isaac and Ishmael. These are their family records. Nabaoth, Ishmael's firstborn, Kedar, Abdil, Mibsam, Mishma, Duma, Masa, Hadad, Tema, Jetur, Nafish, and Kedema. These were Ishmael's sons. And then back to Genesis 25, 19-27. These are the family records of Isaac, son of Abraham. Abraham fathered Isaac. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. The Lord heard his prayer, and his wife Rebekah conceived. But the children inside her struggled with each other, and she said, Why is this happening to me? So she went to inquire of the Lord, and the Lord said to her, Two nations are in your womb. Two people will come from you and will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. When her time came to give birth, they were indeed twins in her womb. The first one came out reddish, covered with hair like a fur coat, and they named him Esau. After this, his brother came out grasping Esau's heel with his hand, so he was named Jacob. 
Isaac was 60 years old when they were born. And then to finish Genesis 11, 17. After he fathered Peleg, Eber lived 430 years and fathered other sons and daughters. And there we end day 16. Day 17, Genesis 25, 27 to 27, 46. When the boys grew up, Esau became an expert hunter, an outdoorsman, but Jacob was a quiet man who stayed at home. Isaac loved Esau because he had a taste for wild game, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking a stew, Esau came in from the field exhausted. He said to Jacob, let me eat some of that red stuff because I'm exhausted. This is why he was also named Edom. Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. Look, Esau said, I'm about to die, so what good is a birthright to me? Jacob said, swear to me first, so he swore to Jacob and sold his birthright to him. Then Jacob gave bread and lentil stew to Esau. He ate, drank, got up and went away. So Esau despised his birthright. When Esau was forty years old, he took as his wives Judith, daughter of Beri the Hittite, and Basmath, daughter of Elon the Hittite. They made life bitter for Isaac and Rebekah. There was another famine in the land in addition to the one that had occurred in Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines at Gerar. The Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land that I tell you about. Stay in this land as a foreigner and I will be with you and bless you. For I will give all these lands to you and your offspring. And I will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I will make your offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky. I will give your offspring all these lands and all the nations of the earth will be blessed by your offspring. Because Abraham listened to my voice and kept my mandate, my commands, my statutes and my instructions. So Isaac settled in Gerar. When the men of the place asked about his wife, he said, She is my sister, for he was afraid to save my wife, thinking the men of the place will kill me on account of Rebekah, for she is a beautiful woman. When Isaac had been there for some time, Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked down from the window and was surprised to see Isaac caressing his wife Rebekah. Abimelech sent for Isaac and said, So she is really your wife? How could you say she's my sister? Isaac answered him, Because I thought I might die on account of her. Then Abimelech said, What is this you've done to us? One of the people that could easily have slept with your wife and you would have brought guilt on us. So Abimelech warned all the people with these words, Whoever harms this man or his wife will certainly die. Isaac sowed seed in that land, and in that year he reaped a hundred times what was sown. The Lord blessed him, and the man became rich and kept getting richer until he was very wealthy. He had flocks of sheep, herds of cattle, and many slaves, and the Philistines were envious of him. The Philistines stopped up all the wells that his father's slaves had dug in the days of his father Abraham, filling them with dirt. And Abimelech said to Isaac, Leave us, for you are much too powerful for us. So Isaac left there, camped in the valley of Gerar, and lived there. Isaac reopened the water wells that had been dug in the days of his father Abraham, and that the Philistines had stopped up after Abraham died. He gave them the same names his father had given them. Moreover, Isaac's slaves dug in the valley and found a well of spring water there. But the herdsmen of Gerar quarrelled with Isaac's herdsmen and said, This water is ours. So he named the well Quarrel because they quarrelled with him. Then they dug another well and quarrelled over that one also, so he named it Hostility. He moved from there and dug another and they did not quarrel over it. He named it Open Spaces and said, 
For now the Lord has made room for us and we will be fruitful in the land. From there he went up to Beersheba and the Lord appeared to him that night and said, I am the God of your father Abraham. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bless you and multiply your offspring because of my servant Abraham. So he built an altar there, worshipped the Lord and pitched his tent there. Isaac's slaves also dug a well there. Then Abimelech came to him from Gerar with Ahuzah, his advisor, and Philcaw, the commander of his army. Isaac said to them, Why have you come to me? You hated me and sent me away from you. They replied, We have clearly seen how the Lord has been with you. We think there should be an oath between the two parties, between you and us. Let us make a covenant with you. You will not harm us just as we have not harmed you, but have only done what was good to you, sending you away in peace. You are now blessed by the Lord. So he prepared a banquet for them, and they ate and drank. They got up early in the morning and swore an oath to each other. Then Isaac sent them on their way, and they left him in peace. On that same day, Isaac's slaves came to tell him about the well they had dug, saying to him, We have found water. He called it Oath. Therefore the name of the city is Beersheba to that day. When Isaac was old and his eyes were so weak that he could not see, he called his older son Esau and said to him, My son, and he answered, Here I am. He said, Look, I am old and do not know the day of my death. Take your hunting gear, your quiver and your bow, and go out in the field to hunt some game for me. Then make me the delicious food that I love and bring it to me to eat, so that I can bless you before I die. Now Rebekah was listening to what Isaac said to his son Esau. So while Esau went to the field to hunt some game to bring in, Rebekah said to her son Jacob, Listen, I heard your father talking with your brother Esau. He said, Bring me some game and make me some delicious food, so that I can bless you in the Lord's presence before I die. Now obey every order I give you, my son. Go to the flock and bring me two choice young goats, and I will make them into a delicious meal for your father, the kind he loves. Then take it to your father so he may eat and may bless you before he dies. Jacob answered Rebekah his mother, Look, my brother Esau is a hairy man, but I am a man with smooth skin. Suppose my father touches me, then I will be seen to be deceiving him, and I will bring a curse rather than a blessing on myself. His mother said to him, Your curse be on me, my son. Just obey me and go get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother, and his mother made the delicious food his father loved. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of her older son Esau, which were there at the house, and had her younger son Jacob wear them. She put the goat skins on his hands and the smooth part of his neck. Then she handed the delicious food and the bread she had made to her son Jacob. When he came to his father, he said, My father. And he answered, Here I am. Who are you, my son? Jacob replied to his father, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Please sit up and eat some of my game so that you may bless me. But Isaac said to his son, How did you find it so quickly, my son? He replied, Because the Lord your God worked it out for me. Then Isaac said to Jacob, Please come closer so that I can touch you, my son. Are you really my son Esau or not? So Jacob came closer to his father Isaac. When he touched him, he said, The voice is the voice of Jacob, but the hands are the hands of Esau. He did not recognize him because his hands were hairy like those of his brother Esau, so he blessed him. Again he asked, Are you really my son Esau? And he replied, I am. Then he said, Serve me, and let me eat some of my son's game so that I can bless you. 
Jacob brought it to him and he ate. He brought him wine and he drank. Then his father Isaac said to him, Please come closer and kiss me, my son. So he came closer and kissed him. When Isaac smelled his clothes, he blessed him and said, Ah, the smell of my son is like the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give to you from the dew of the sky and from the richness of the land an abundance of grain and new wine. May people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be master over your brothers. May your mother's sons bow down to you. Those who curse you will be cursed and those who bless you will be blessed. As soon as Isaac had finished blessing Jacob and Jacob had left the presence of his father Isaac, his brother Esau arrived from the hunt. He had also made some delicious food and brought it to his father. Then he said to his father, Let my father get up and eat some of his son's game so that you may bless me. But his father Isaac said to him, Who are you? He answered, I am Esau, your firstborn son. Isaac began to tremble uncontrollably. Who was it then, he said, who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate it all before you come in and I blessed him. Indeed, he will be blessed. When Esau heard his father's words, he cried out with a loud and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, my father, bless me too. But he replied, Your brother came deceitfully and took your blessing. So he said, Isn't he rightly named Jacob, for he has cheated me twice now. He took my birthright, and look now, he has taken my blessing. Then he asked, Haven't you saved a blessing for me? But Isaac answered Esau, Look, I have made him a master over you, have given him all of his relatives as servants, and have sustained him with grain and new wine. What then can I do for you, my son? Esau said to his father, Do you only have one blessing, my father? Bless me, me too, my father. And Esau wept loudly. Then his father Isaac answered him, Look, your dwelling place will be away from the richness of the land, away from the dew of the sky above. You will live by your sword and will serve your brother, but when you rebel you will break his yoke from your neck. Esau held a grudge against Jacob because of the blessing his father had given him, and Esau determined in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are approaching, then I will kill my brother Jacob. When the words of her older son were reported to Rebekah, she summoned her younger son Jacob and said to him, Listen, your brother Esau is consoling himself by planning to kill you. So now, my son, listen to me. Flee at once to my brother Laban in Haran, and stay with him for a few days until your brother's anger subsides, until your brother rage turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. Then I will send for you and bring you back from there. Why should I lose you both in one day? So Rebekah said to Isaac, I am sick of my life because of these Hittite women. If Jacob marries a Hittite woman like one of them, what good is my life? The end of day 17. Day 18, Genesis 28, 1 through to 31, 16. Isaac summoned Jacob, blessed him and commanded him, Don't take a wife from the Canaanite woman. Go at once to Padam Aram, at the house of Bethuel, your mother's father. Marry one of the daughters of Laban, your mother's brother. May God Almighty bless you and make you fruitful and multiply, so that you become an assembly of peoples. May God give you and your offspring the blessing of Abraham, so that you may possess the land where you live as an alien, the land God gave to Abraham. So Isaac sent Jacob to Padan Aram, to Laban, son of Bethuel the Aramean, the brother of Rebekah, the mother of Jacob and Esau. For some reason I can't say Aramean. 
Aramean, Aramean, Aramean. Jacob left Beersheba and went to toward Haram. He reached a certain place and spent the night there because the sun had set. He took one of the stones from the place, put it there at his head and lay down in that place. And he dreamed. A stairway was set on the ground with its top reaching heaven and God's angels were going up and down in it. The Lord was standing there beside him saying, I am the God, the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. I will give you and your offspring the land that you are now sleeping on. Your offspring will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out towards the west, the east, the north and the south. All the peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. Look, I am with you and you will watch over you wherever you go. I will bring you back to this land for I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. When Jacob awoke from his sleep he said, Surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. He was afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. There is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. Early in the morning Jacob took the stone that was near his head and set it up as a marker. He poured oil on top of it and named the place Bethel, though previously the city was named Luz. Then Jacob made a vow, If God will be with me and watch over me in this journey, if he provides me with food to eat and clothing to wear, and if I return safely to my father's house, then the Lord will be my God. This stone that I have set up as a marker will be God's house, and I will give to you a tenth of all that you give me. Jacob resumed his journey and went to the eastern country, he looked and saw a well in a field. Three flocks of sheep were lying there beside it because the sheep were watered from this well. A large stone covered the opening of the well. When all the flocks were gathered there, the shepherds would roll the stone from the opening of the well and water the sheep. The stone was then placed back on the well's opening. Jacob asked the men at the well, My brothers, where are you from? We're from Haran, they answered. Do you know Laban, son of Nahor? Jacob asked them. They answered, We know him. Is he well? Jacob asked. Yes, they said, and here is his daughter Rachel coming with his sheep. Then Jacob said, Look, it is still broad daylight. It's not time for the animals to be gathered. What are the flock? Then go out and let them graze. But they replied, We can't until all the flocks have been gathered and the stone is rolled from the well's opening. Then we will water the sheep. While he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. As soon as Jacob saw his uncle Laban's daughter Rachel with his sheep, he went up and rolled the stone from the opening and watered his uncle's sheep. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept loudly. He told Rachel that he was her father's relative, Rebekah's son. She ran and told her father. When Laban heard the news about his sister's son Jacob, he ran to meet him, hugged him and kissed him. Then he took him to his house and Jacob told him all that had happened. Laban said to him, Yes, you are my own flesh and blood. After Jacob had stayed with him a month, Laban said to him, Just because my, you're my relative, should you work for me for nothing? Tell me what your wages should be. Now Laban had two daughters. The older was named Leah and the younger was named Rachel. Leah had delicate eyes, but Rachel was shapely and beautiful. Jacob loved Rachel, so he answered Laban, I'll work for you for seven years for your younger daughter Rachel. Laban replied, better, than, better that I give her to you than some other man. Stay with me. So Jacob worked seven years for Rachel, and they seemed like only a few days to him because of his love for her. Then Jacob said to Laban, Give me my wife, for my time is completed. I want to sleep with her. 
So Laban invited all the men of the place to a feast. That evening Laban took his daughter Leah and gave her to Jacob, and he slept with her. And Laban gave his slave Zilpah to his daughter Leah as her slave. When morning came, there was Leah. So he said to Laban, What is this you have done to me? Wasn't it for Rachel that I worked for you? Why have you deceived me? Laban answered, It is not the custom in this place to give the younger daughter in marriage before the firstborn. Complete this week of wedding celebration, and we will also give you this younger one in return for working yet another seven years for me. And Jacob did just that. He finished the week of celebration, and Laban gave him his daughter Rachel as his wife. And Laban gave his slave Bilhah to his daughter Rachel as her slave. Jacob slept with Rachel also, and indeed he loved Rachel more than Leah, and he worked for Laban for another seven years. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. Leah conceived, gave birth to a son, and named him Reuben, for she said, The Lord has seen my affliction. Surely my husband will love me now. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, The Lord heard that I am unloved, and she has, he has given me this son also. So she named him Simeon. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, At last my husband will become attached to me, because I have borne him three sons. Therefore he was named Levi. And she conceived again, gave birth to a son, and said, This time I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named him Judah. Then Leah stopped having children. When Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she envied her sister. Give me sons or I will die, she said to Jacob. Jacob became angry with Rachel and said, Am I in God's place? Who has withheld children from you? Then she said, Here is my slave Bilhal. Go sleep with her and she'll bear children for me, so that through her I too can build a family. So Rachel gave her slave Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Rachel said, God has vindicated me. Yes, he has heard me and given me a son. And she named him Dan. Rachel's slave Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Rachel said, In my wrestlings with God I have wrestled with my sister and won. And she named him Naphtali. When Leah saw that she had stopped having children, she took her slave Zilpah and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Leah's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a son. Then Leah said, What good fortune! And she named him Gad. When Leah's slave Zilpah bore Jacob a second son, Leah said, I am happy that the woman call me happy. So she named him Asher. Reuben went out during the wheat harvest and found some mandrakes in the field. When he brought them to his mother Leah, Rachel asked, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But Leah replied to her, Isn't it enough that you have taken my husband? Now you also want to take my son's mandrakes. Well, Rachel said, You can sleep with him tonight in exchange for your son's mandrakes. When Jacob came in from the field that evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come with me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So Jacob slept with her that night. God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my slave to the husband, and she named him Ishkar. Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sixth son. God has given me a good gift, Leah said. This time my husband will honour me because I have borne him six sons, and she named him Zebulun. Later Leah bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. 
He listened to her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my shame. She named him Joseph. May the Lord add another son to me. After Rachel gave birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me on my way so that I can return to my homeland. Give me my wives and my children that I have worked for and let me go. You know how hard I have worked for you. But Laban said to him, If I have found favour in your sight, stay. I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. Then Laban said, Name your wages and I will pay them. So Jacob said to him, You know what I have done for you and your herds. For you had very little before I came, but now your wealth has increased. The Lord has blessed you because of me. And now, when will I also do something for my own family? Laban asked, What should I give you? And Jacob said, You don't need to give me anything. If you do this one thing for me, I will continue to shepherd and keep your flock. Let me go through all your sheep today and remove every sheep that is speckled or spotted, every dark-coloured sheep among the lambs, and the spotted and freckled among the female goats. Such will be my wages. In the future, when you come to check on my wages, my honesty will testify for me. If I have any female goats that are not speckled or spotted, or any lambs that are not black, they will be considered stolen. Good, said Laban, let it be as you have said. That day Laban removed the streaked and spotted male goats and all the speckled and spotted female goats, every one that had any white in it, and every dark-coloured sheep among the lambs, and he placed his sons in charge of them. He put a three-day journey between himself and Jacob. Jacob, meanwhile, was shepherding the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob then took branches of fresh poplar, almond and plain wood, and peeled the bark, exposing white stripes in the branches. He set the peeled branches in the troughs in front of the sheep, in the water channels where the sheep came to drink. And the sheep bred when they came to drink. The flocks bred in front of the branches, and boars streaked, speckled and spotted young. Jacob settled, separated the lambs, and made the flocks face the streaked and the completely dark sheep in Laban's flocks. Then he set his own stock apart and didn't put them with Laban's sheep. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob placed the branches in the troughs in full view of the flocks, and they would breed in front of the branches. As for the weaklings of the flocks, he did not put out the branches. So it turned out that the weak sheep belonged to Laban and the stronger ones to Jacob, and the man became very rich. He had many flocks, male and female slaves, and camels and donkeys. Now Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's and has built his wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob saw from Laban's face that his attitude toward him was not the same. Then the Lord said to him, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your family, and I will be with you. Jacob had Rachel and Leah called to the field where his flocks were. He said to them, I can see from your father's face that his attitude towards me is not the same, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I've worked hard for your father and that he has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. But God has not let him harm me. If he said the spotted sheep will be your wages, then all the sheep were born spotted. If he said the streaked sheep will be your wages, then all the sheep were born streaked. God has taken your father's herds and given them to me. When the flocks were breeding, I saw in a dream that the streaked, spotted and the speckled males were mating with the females. In that dream, the angel of the God said to me, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. And he said, Look up and see. 
All the males that are mating with the flocks are streaked, spotted and speckled, for I have seen all that Laban has been doing to you. I am the god of Bethel, where you poured oil on the stone marker and made a solemn vow to me. Get up, leave this land and return to your native land. Then Rachel and Leah answered him, Do we have any portion or inheritance in our father's household? Are we not regarded by him as outsiders? For he has sold us and has certainly spent our money. In fact, all the wealth that God has taken from our father belongs to us and to our children. So do whatever God has said to you. There we day and day 18. Day 19, and we're jumping through a bit of Genesis 36, 1 Chronicles chapter 1, um, and then back to Genesis 28 and 31. And again, this is just the, the chronological order of the way this Bible uh, and the Bible in a year does this. So we start off in Genesis 28, 6 to 9. Esau noticed that Isaac blessed Jacob and sent him to Padan Aram to get a wife there. When he blessed him, Isaac commanded Jacob not to marry a Canaanite woman. And Jacob listened to his father and mother and went to Padan Aram. Esau realised that his father Isaac disapproved of the Canaanite woman. So Esau went to Ishmael and married, in addition to his other wives, Mahalat, daughter of Ishmael, Abraham's son. She was the sister of Nebaioth. And then into Genesis 36, verses 1 to 30. These are the family records of Esau, that is Edom. Esau took his wives from the Canaanite woman, Adah, daughter of Elon the Hittite, Olibaham, daughter of Anna, and granddaughter of Zibion the Hivite, and Basemath, daughter of Ishmael, and sister of Nebaioth. Adah bore Eliphaz, to Esau, Basemath bore Raul, and Ohulabah bore Jeshu, Jalam, and Korah. These were Esau's sons who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Esau took his wives, sons, daughters, and all the people of his household, as well as his herds, all his livestock, and all the property he had acquired in Canaan. He went to a land away from his brother Jacob. For their possessions were too many for them to live together, and because of their herds, the land where they stayed could not support them. So Esau, that is Edom, lived in the mountains of Seir. These are the family records of Esau, father of the Edomites in the mountains of Seir. These are the names of Esau's sons. Here we go again. Eliphaz, son of Esau's wife Adah, and Reuel, son of Esau's wife Besmath. The sons of Eliphaz were Tema, Omar, Zepho, Gatam, and Kenaz. Timnah, a concubine of Esau's sons Eliphaz, bore Amalek to Eliphaz. These were the sons of Esau's wife Adah. These are Raul's sons, Nahath, Zerah, Shema, and Mizah. These were the sons of Esau's wife Basemath. These are the sons of Esau's wife Ohilmabah, daughter of Anna and granddaughter of Zibion. She bore Jeush, Jalam, and Korah to Edom. These are the chiefs of Esau's sons, the sons of Eliphaz, Esau's firstborn. Chiefs, Teman, Omar, Zepho, Kenaz, Korah, Gatam, and Amalek. These are the chiefs of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Adah. These are the sons of Raul, Esau's son. Chiefs Nahath, Zerah, Shema, and Mizah. These are the chiefs of Raul in the land of Edom. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Basmath. These are the sons of Esau's wife, Ohimabah. Chiefs Jeush, Shalam, and Korah. These are the chiefs of Esau's wife, Ohimalah, daughter of Anna, and I'm sure I've said that, Ohimabah, 
a, a few different ways already. So if I say Ohilma something, you'll know it's her. These are the sons of Esau, that is Edom, and these are their chiefs. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land. Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the chiefs of the Horites, the sons of Seir, and the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan were Hori and Heman. Timnah was Lotan's sister. These are Shubal's sons, Alvan, Mahahath, Ebal, Shepho, and no Oman. These are Zibion's sons, Ai and Anna. This was the Anna who found the hot springs in the wilderness while he was pasturing the donkeys of his father Zibion. These are the children of Anna, Dishon and Ochilmabah, daughter of Anna. These are Dishon's sons, Hemdan, Eshban, Ithran and Sheran. These are Ezer's sons, Bilhan, Zavan and Akan. These are Dishan's sons, Uz and Aran. These are the chiefs of the Horites, chiefs Lotan, Shubal, Zibion, Anna, Dishon, Ezer and Dishan. These are the chiefs of the Horites according to their divisions in the land of Seir. And then, as if that wasn't fun enough, we go into First Chronicles 1, 35-42, where we do it all again, and again the chronological order. Esau's sons, Eliphaz, Reuel, Jeush, Jalam, and Korah. Eliphaz's sons, Temah, Teman, Omar, Zephi, Gatam, and Kenaz, and by Timnah, Amalek. Reuel's sons, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. Seir's sons, Lotan, Shobal, Zibion, Anal, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. Lotan's sons, Hori and Homam. Timnah was Lot Lotan's sister. Shubal's sons, Alain, Manahath, Ebal, Shephi and Onam. Zibion's sons, Ahai and Anna. Anna's sons, Dishon. Dishon's sons, Hamran, Eshban, Yethran and Karan. Ezer's sons, Bilhan, Zavan and Jakan. Dishan's sons, Uz and Aran. And back in Genesis 36, 31-33. These are the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before any king ruled over the Israelites. Bela son of Beor ruled in Odom. The name of his city was Dinahabah. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah from Bozra, ruled in his place. And then back to 1 Chronicles 1, 43-44. These were the kings who ruled in the land of Edom before any king ruled over the Israelites. Bela son of Beor Bela's town was named Dehabab, where when Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah from Bozrah, ruled in his place. And so, again, the chronological order, we see that it's the same thing repeated in a number of different places, but again, keeping the chronological order going. We go back into Genesis 36, 34-39. When Jobab died, Husham, from the land of the Temanites, ruled in his place. When Husham died, Hadad, son of Badad, ruled in his place. He defeated Midian in the field of Moab. The name of his city was Avith. When Handad died, Samla from Masrakah ruled in his place. When Samla died, Shaul from Reboth on the river ruled in his place. When Shaul died, Baal Hanan son of Achbor ruled in his place. When Baal Hanan son of Achbor died, Hadar ruled in his place. His city was Pau and his wife's name was Methetabal, daughter of Matred. Daughter of Medhazabab. First Chronicles 1, 45-50 When Jobab died, Husham from the land of the Temanites ruled in his place. 
when Husham died, Hadad, son of Badad, who defeated Midian in the country of Moab, ruled in his place. Hadad's town was named Avith. When Hadad died, Samla from Mazarach ruled in his place. When Samla died, Shaul from Rehoboth on the Euphrates River ruled in his place. When Shaul died, Balhanan, son of Achbor, ruled in his place. When Balhanan died, Hadad ruled in his place. Hadad's city was named Pai, and his wife's name was Mehetabal, daughter of Matred, daughter of Mezabah. Then back to Genesis 36, 40-43. Sorry. These are the names of Esau's chiefs according to their families and their localities by their names. Chiefs Timnah, Alva, Jeheth, Olehimabad, Elah, Pinon, Kenza, Teman, Mizbar, Magdal, and Iram. These are Edom's chiefs according to their settlements and the land they possessed. Esau was the father of the Edomites. First Chronicles one fifty one to fifty four. Then Hadad died. Edom's chiefs Timnah, Alva, Jeheth, Olimabah, Elah, Pinon, Kenza, Teman, Bibzar, Magdil, and Aram. These were Edom's chiefs. Technically, they should have been pronounced as the ones before. But we'll go on into Genesis thirty one seventeen to thirty two. Then Jacob got up and put his children and wives in the camels. He took all the livestock and possessions he had acquired in Padan Aram, and he drove his herds to go to the land of his father Isaac in Canaan. When Laban had gone to shear his sheep, Rachel stole her father's household idols, and Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean, not telling him that he was fleeing. He fled with all his possessions, crossed the Euphrates, and headed for the hill country of Gilead. On the third day Laban was told that Jacob had fled, so he took his relatives with him, pursued Jacob for seven days and overtook him at Mount Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream at night. Watch yourself, God warned him. Don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. When Laban overtook Jacob, Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country and Laban and all his brothers also pitched their tents in the hill country of Gilead. Then Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have deceived me and taken my daughters away like prisoners of war. Why did you secretly free, flee from me, deceive me, and not tell me? I would have sent you away with joy and singing with tambourines and lyres. But you didn't even let me kiss my grandchildren and my daughters. You have acted foolishly. I could do you great harm, but last night the God of your father said to me, Watch yourself. Don't say anything to Jacob, either good or bad. Now you have gone off because you long for your father, but why have you stolen my gods? Jacob answered, I was afraid, for I thought you would take your daughters from me by force. If you find your gods with anyone here, he will not live. Before our relatives, point out anything that is yours and take it. Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the idols. And there we end, day 19. Day 20, and we continue following Jacob through Genesis 31, 33, right through to 34, verse 12. So Laban went into Jacob's tent, then Leah's tent, and then the tents of the two female slaves, but he found nothing. Then he left Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken Laban's household idols, put them in the saddlebag of the camel, and sat on them. Laban searched the whole tent, but found nothing. She said to her father, Sir, don't be angry that I cannot stand up in your presence. I am having my monthly period. And like any man, that would put you off. So Laban searched but could not find the household idols. 
Then Jacob become incensed and brought charges against Laban. What is my crime? He said to Laban. What is my sin that you have pursued me? You've searched all my possessions. Have you found anything of yours? Put it here before my relatives and yours and let them decide between the two of us. I've been with you these 20 years. Your ewes and female goats have not miscarried and I have not eaten rams from your flock. I did not bring you any of the flock torn by wild beasts. I myself bore the loss. You demanded payment from me for what was stolen by day or by night. There I was, the heat consumed me by day and the frost by night and sleep fled from my eyes. For twenty years I have worked in your household, fourteen years for your two daughters and six years for your flocks and you have changed my wage ten times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac had not been with me, certainly now you would have sent me off empty-handed. But God has seen my affliction and my hard work, and he issued his verdict last night. Then Laban answered Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the sons my sons, and the flocks my flocks. Everything you see is mine, but what can I do today for these daughters of mine, or for the children they have borne? Come, now let's make a covenant, you and I. Let it be a witness between the two of us. So Jacob picked out a stone and set it up as a marker. Then Jacob said to his relatives, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a mound, and ate there by the mound. Laban named the mount Gerar Sahadutah, but Jacob named it Galid. Then Laban said, This mound is a witness between me and you today. Therefore the place was called Galid, and also Mizpah, for he said, May the Lord watch between you and me when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or take another wife, though no one is with us, understand that God will be a witness between you and me. Laban also said to Jacob, Look at this mound and the marker I have set up between you and me. This mound is a witness and the marker is a witness that I will not pass beyond this mound to you, and you will not pass beyond this mound and this marker to do me harm. The God of Abraham and the gods of Nahor, the gods of their father, will judge between us. And Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice in the mountain and invited his relatives to eat a meal. So they ate a meal and spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early in the morning, kissed his grandchildren and daughters and blessed them. Then Laban left to return home. Jacob went on his way and God's angel met him. When he saw them, Jacob said, This is God's camp. So he called that place Mahaniam. Jacob sent messengers ahead of him to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. He commanded them, You are to say to my lord Esau, This is what your servant Jacob says. I have been staying with Laban and have been delayed until now. I have oxen, donkeys, flocks, male and female slaves. I have sent this message to inform my lord in order to seek your favour. When the messengers returned to Jacob, they said, We went to your brother Esau. He is coming to meet you, and he has four hundred men with him. Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. He divided the people with him into two camps, along with the flocks, cattle, and camels. He thought, if Esau comes to one camp and attacks it, the remaining one can escape. Then Jacob said, God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, the Lord who said to me, Go back to your land and to your family, and I will cause you to prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. 
Indeed, I crossed over this Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two camps. Please rescue me from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid of him. Otherwise he may come and attack me, the mothers and their children. You have said, I will cause you to prosper, and I will make your offspring like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So he spent the night there, and took part of what he had brought with him as a gift for his brother Esau, 200 female goats, 20 male goats, 200 ewes, 20 rams, 30 milk camels with their young, 40 cows, 10 male bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. He entrusted them to his slaves as separate herds and said to them, Go on ahead of me and leave some distance between the herds. And he told the first one, When my brother Esau meets you and asks, Who do you belong to? What are you going and whose animals are these ahead of you? Then tell him, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a gift sent to my lord Esau. And look, he is behind us. He also told the second one, the third, and everyone who is walking behind the animals, Say the same thing to Esau when you find him. You are to say also, Look, your servant Jacob is right behind us. For he thought, I want to appease Esau with the gift that is going ahead of me. After that, I can face him and perhaps he will forgive me. So the gift was sent on ahead of him while he remained in the camp that night. During the night Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two female slaves and his eleven sons and crossed the ford of Jabok. He took them and brought them across the stream along with all his possessions. Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw that he could not defeat him, he struck Jacob's hip as they wrestled and dislocated his hip socket. Then he said to Jacob, let me go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob said, I will not let you go until you bless me. What is your name? the man asked. Jacob, he replied. Your name will no longer be Jacob, he said. It will be Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men, and have prevailed. Then Jacob asked him, Please tell me your name. But he answered, Why do you ask my name? And he blessed him there. Jacob then named the place Peniel, for he said, I have seen God face to face, and I have been delivered. The sun shone on him as he passed by Penuel, limping on his hip. That is why to this day the Israelites don't eat the thigh muscle that is at the hip socket, because he struck Jacob's hip socket at the thigh muscle. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You will no longer be named Jacob, but Israel will be your name. So he named him Israel. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming toward him with 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel and the two female slaves. He put the female slaves first, Leah and her sons next, and Rachel and Joseph last. He himself went on ahead and bowed to the ground seven times until he approached his brother. But Esau ran to meet him, hugged him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Then they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the woman and children, he asked, Who are these with you? He answered, The children God has graciously given your servant. Then the female slaves and their children approached him and bowed down. Leah and her children also approached and bowed down, and then Joseph and Rachel approached and bowed down. So Esau said, What do you mean by this, this whole procession I met? To find favour with you, my lord, he answered. I have enough, my brother, Esau replied. Keep what you have. But Jacob said, No, please, if I have found favour with you, take this gift from my hand.
for indeed I have seen your face, and it is like seeing God's face shine since you have accepted me. Please take my present that was brought to you, because God has been gracious to me, and I have everything I need. So Jacob urged him until he accepted. Then Esau said, Let's move on, and I'll go ahead of you. Jacob replied, My Lord knows that the children are weak, and I have nursing sheep and cattle. If they are driven hard for one day, the whole herd will die. Let my Lord go ahead of his servant. I will continue on slowly at a pace suited to the livestock and children until I come to my Lord at Seir. Esau said, Let me leave some of my people with you. But he replied, Why do that? Please indulge me, my Lord. On that day Esau started on his way back to Seir, but Jacob went on to Succoth. He built a house for himself and stalls for his cattle. That is why the place was called Succoth. After Jacob came from Padan Aram, he arrived safely at the Canaanite city of Shechem and camped in front of the city. He purchased a sec- section of the field from the sons of Hamor, Shechem's father, for 100 gesetas, where he had pitched his tent, and he set up an altar there and called it God, the God of Israel. Dinah, Leah's daughter, whom she bore to Jacob, went out to see some of the young women of the area. When Shechem, son of Hamor, the Hivite, a prince of the region, saw her, he took her and raped her. He became infatuated with Dinah, daughter of Jacob. He loved the young girl and spoke tenderly. Get me this girl as a wife, he told his father Hamor. Jacob heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah, but since his sons were with his cattle in the field, he remained silent until they returned. Meanwhile, Shechem's father Hamor came to speak with Jacob. Jacob's sons returned from the field when they heard about the incident and were deeply grieved and angry. For Shechem had committed an outrage against Israel by sleeping with Jacob's daughter, and such a thing should not be done. Hamor said to Jacob's sons, My son Shechem is strongly attracted to your daughter. Please give her to him as a wife. Intermarry with us, give us your daughters to us, and take our daughters for yourselves. Live with us. The land is before you. Settle here, move about, and acquire property in it. Then Shechem said to Dinah's father and brothers, Grant me this favour, and I'll give you whatever you say. Set for me the compensation and the gift. I'll give you whatever you ask me. Just give the girl to be my wife. And there we day end day 20. And it's exciting because this story has a great finish to it. A weird and brutal. But it's a good story, so keep with us for day 21. So we continue the story in day 21, Genesis 34. And we leave out Genesis 36 uh, on the way through to 38, and we'll include it, it'll be included at uh, another stage. So Dinah's defilement had been, Jacob had heard that Shechem had defiled his daughter Dinah, uh, and so we move on to 34, where the story continues in a weird way. I'll admit that, I said it was interesting, it's probably a little bit weird, um, but let's see what happens in Genesis 34. Jacob's sons answered Shechem and his father Hamor deceitfully because he had defiled their sister Dinah. We cannot do this thing, they said to them. Giving our sister to an uncircumcised man is a disgrace to us. We will agree with you only in this condition, if all your meals are circumcised as we are. Then we will give you our daughters, take your daughters for ourselves, live with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughter and go. 
Their words seemed good in the eyes of Himor and his son Shechem. The young man did not delay doing this because he was delighted with Jacob's daughter. Now he was the most important in all his father's house. So Hamor and his son Shechem went to the gate of their city and spoke to the men there. These men are peaceful toward us, they said. Let them live in our land and move about in it. For indeed, the region is large enough for them. Let us take their daughters as our wives and give our daughters to them. But the men will agree to live with us and be one people only on what this condition, if all our men are circumcised as they are. Won't their herds, their possessions and all their livestock become ours? Only let us agree with them and they will live with us. All the able-bodied men listened to Hamor and his son Shechem, and all the able-bodied men were circumcised. On the third day, when they were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords, went into the unexpected, unsuspecting city, and killed every male. They killed Hamor and his son Shechem with their swords, took Dinah from Shechem's house, and went away. Jacob's other sons came to slaughter and plunder the city because their sister had been defiled. They took their sheep, cattle, donkeys, and whatever was in the city and in the field. They captured all their possessions, children, and wives, and plundered everything in the houses. Then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me, making me odious unto the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites and the Perizzites. We are few in number. If they unite against me and attack me, I will and my household will be destroyed. But they answered, should we have treated our sister like a prostitute? Uh, and just let you know, that was the, the story, was the climax, was the interesting part. Very uh, unique way of dealing with your sister's shame um, is to trick people into being circumcised because there is no way they will be able to defend themselves. Every man squirmed at that point. Then Genesis 35. God said up to Jacob, get up. Go to Bethel and settle there. Build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So Jacob said to his family and all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your clothes. We must get up and go to Bethel. I will build an altar there to the God who answered me in my day of distress. He has been with me everywhere I have gone. Then they gave Jacob all their foreign gods and their earrings, and Jacob hid them under the oak at Shechem. When they set out, a terror from God came over the cities around them, and they did not pursue Jacob's sons. So Jacob and all who were with him came to Luz, that is Bethel, in the land of Canaan. Jacob built an altar there and called the place God of Bethel, because it was there that God had revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died and was buried under this oak south of Bethel. So Jacob named it Oak of Weeping. God appeared to Jacob again after he returned from Badad and Aram, and he blessed him. God also said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, indeed an assembly of nations, will come from you, and kings will descend from you. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you. And I will give the land to your descendants after you. Then God withdrew from him at the place where he had spoken to him. Jacob set up a marker at the place where he had spoken to him, a stone marker. He poured a drink offering on it and anointed it with oil. Jacob named the place where God had spoken with him Bethel. They set out from Bethel, and when they were still some distance from Paphrath, Rachel began to give birth, and her labour was difficult. During her difficult labour, the midwife said to her, 
Don't be afraid, for this is another son for you. With her last breath, for she was dying, she named him Benoni, but his father called him Benjamin. So Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Genesis 48 verse 7. Jacob says, When I was returning from Padan, to my sorrow Rachel died along the way, some distance from Ephrath in the land of Canaan. I buried her there along the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem. Back to Genesis 25. Jacob set up a marker on her grave. It is the marker at Rachel's grave to this day. Israel set out again and pitched his tent beyond the tower at Eder. While Israel was living in that region, Reuben went in and slept with his father's concubine, Bilhal, and Israel heard about it. Jacob had twelve sons. Jacob came to his father Isaac at Mamre in Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had stayed. And then we go into Genesis 37 for the remainder of today. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. These are the family records of Jacob. At 17 years of age, Joseph tended sheep with his brothers. The young man was working with the sons of Bilhah and Zilphah, his father's wives, and he brought a bad report about them to their father. Now Israel loved Joseph more than his other sons because Joseph was the son born to him in his old age, and he made a robe of many colours for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him and could not bring themselves to speak peaceably to him. Then Joseph had a dream. When he told it to his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. There we were, binding sheaves of grain in the field. Suddenly my sheaf stood up and your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaf. Are you really going to reign over us? His brothers asked him. Are you really going to rule us? So they hated him even more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and told it to his brothers. Look, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun, moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. He told his father and brothers, but his father rebuked him. What kind of dream is this that you have had? He said, are your mother and brothers and I going to bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, him, but his father kept the matter in mind. His brothers had gone to pasture their father's flocks at Shechem. Israel said to Joseph, your brothers you know are pasturing the flocks at Shechem. Get ready, I am sending you to them. I am ready, Joseph replied. Then Israel said to him, go and see how your brothers and the flocks are doing and bring word back to me. So he sent him from the valley of Hebron, and he went to Shechem. A man found him there wandering in the field and asked him, What are you looking for? I'm looking for my brothers, Joseph said. Can you tell me where they are pasturing their flocks? They've moved on from here, the man said. I heard them say, Let's go to Dothan. So Joseph set out after his brothers and found them at Dothan. They saw him in the distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes that dreamer. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. When Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from them. He said, Let's not take his life. Reuben also said to them, Don't shed blood. Throw him into this pit in the wilderness, but don't lay a hand on him, intending to rescue him from their hands and return him to his father. When Joseph came to his brothers, 
They stripped off his robe, the robe of many colours that he had on. Then they took him and threw him into the pit. The pit was empty, there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat a meal. They looked up and there was a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were carrying aromatic gum, balsam and resin and going down to Egypt. Then Judah said to his brothers, What do we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him, for he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. When Midianite traders passed by, they pulled Joseph out of the pit and sold him for twenty pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took Joseph to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the pit and saw that Joseph was not there, he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy is gone, what am I going to do? So they took Joseph's robe, slaughtered a young goat, and dipped the robe in its blood. They sent the robe of many colours to their father and said, We found this, examine it. Is it your son's robe or not? His father recognised it. It is my son's robe, he said. A vicious animal has devoured him. Joseph has been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put sackcloth around his waist, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters tried to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will go down to Sheol to my son mourning. And his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard. And we skip into... Well, at that time, Judah left his brothers and settled near an Adalmanite named Herah. There, Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite woman named Shua. He took her as a wife and slept with her. She conceived and gave birth to a son, and he named him Er. She conceived again, gave birth to a son, and named him Onan. She gave birth to another son and named him Sheila. It was at Shebez that she gave birth to him. Now Joseph had been taken to Egypt. An Egyptian named Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard, who brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him there. And First Chronicles 2 verse 3, just to tie in the chronological descendants of Judah. Judah's sons Er, Onan and Sheila. These three were born to him by Bathshua, the Canaanite woman. Er, Judah's firstborn, was evil in the Lord's sight, so he put him to death. There we end, day 21 and week 3 of the Bible in a year.